Hello, this is your host, Paul Harvey at Life, Passion and Business. I realise I put this at the end of the programme most of the time. And I also realise I don't often listen to the end of podcasts. So I thought about it, i tell you here before we get started. So the first thing is this podcast is not supported in any way. We have no sponsorship. So if you would like to support us, do check out the Buy Me A Coffee link on this podcast app. And you also find it at the website. Now, also, if you are interested in the five questions and would like to answer them yourself, do check out the resources tab at the website because the five questions is available as a workbook and an ebook. And if you want to know why that's important, check out the end of the podcast or go and check out the resources tab at the website. That's enough for me. Let's get on with the program. My name is Paul Harvey, and you are listening to Life, Passion and Business, a podcast born out of my desire to find greater meaning in life at the time when I thought there was none. Since that day, I have spoken to hundreds of people, and what I have discovered is that our story is everything, because what we do, feel or experience is based on the stories that we tell ourselves. It's time to explore what it means to live a good life. How do we make this experience better? And more importantly, how do we lead the world to a better place? To be honest, I, I think a, a thing that really stops most people is the idea that it, it must be perfection before you begin. Way back in 2020, I did a number of virtual events for obvious reasons. And this one was called Reasons and Results, and it happened in the July, and it was about getting back on track and getting back out there into the business world. Little did I know that we would be in and out of lockdown for the rest of the year, but hey. The event was successful, we had loads of people come to it, and lots of very positive feedback. And um, I was looking for a podcast today and the one I was planning to do didn't seem appropriate, so I have put this one in its place. Now, Frankie Finn is a serial entrepreneur. When I was involved with him, he specialised in digital marketing for the legal industry, I think. Uh, we catch him on this podcast as he brings out his new book. The book is not exactly new, but the book is still available and it's a very good book if you're into digital marketing. So I will allow my younger self to explain this conversation with Frankie Finn. So great. Next session. I am so delighted today to have Frankie Finn with me. Now, he is a serial entrepreneur, um, a relatively new father. So I'm sure we might get into that a little bit at the moment. Uh, he has been traveling the world for many years and he knows a little bit about resistance. He's also a published author, got his new book, one wakey book at us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, book. I'm sure we might touch on that book at some stage yeah. of this conversation. But resistance. We're here to talk about resistance and to some extent fear. So let's but let's start with a big one. Everybody hits this. We all get to the point where we want to do this, we're gonna do this, and then something comes up against us. We come up against something. Why is that? What's it about? What's your thoughts? Well, Paul, firstly, can I just say it's it's good to be back and see your smiling face. Like one of the amazing things is just collaborating with people like you who are bringing positive, you know, life changing messages to the world. So I'm really excited that uh, and honored that you would have me back because that's the kind of ultimate compliment. Yeah, resistance is a good topic because we were just talking about this off air and I woke up in the resistance today. So it's it's a very real thing that we deal with my oldest daughter woke up i don't know like one in the morning 
which used to be party time at one time, but now that's that's definitely asleep in the middle of the night. I was up for like three hours and then woke up early, and I woke up feeling like I got run over by a truck, which happens sometimes as a new parent. And uh, woke up in the resistance, and it was probably doubly bad because I she's been sleeping well, and I had planned like a whole bunch of things to do today. I feel if planning on waking up refreshed and with this go get them attitude, and I woke up with like an attitude of, I am not ready to participate in life today. As a father that's been through it all, the one thing I can say about children that you, you will notice is that change is the, is the one consistent thing. When you get used to any pattern with young children, it changes. And I guess the same happens in life. It's a good metaphor. It really, really is. And, you know, you know Paul, one of the things that, that I think uh, will really just like to make this really valuable for anybody listening to this right now is uh, I have a friend and mentor who's almost a billionaire. So he's not quite there, but he's, he's got enough money that if he won the state lottery, he probably wouldn't even bother to pick up the check. <laughs> and um, one of the things that he was telling me is that whenever he noticed, whenever he started a project, or anything like some kind of change or transformation. You see this a lot with people who like set New Year's resolutions. There's like a gung-ho, like I'm going to do it. I'm going to change my life. And then inevitably after a couple of weeks, there's like sort of like a grind that sets in where it's your, your initial high has worn off. And the reasons you got into it, are, are probably not as exciting as they were on day one. And life starts throwing the curveballs at you. So I know a lot in business, sometimes that can be the technology doesn't work. Like, you know, it just gives you some error and you, you Google it for 16 hours trying to figure out the answer. Um, you know, for those people who aren't in business, sometimes you just like can have it with your health where you wake up and you just don't feel good. And as well, you know, people experience this a lot in relationships where like your partner or whoever you're dealing with, your friend is just, they can be not okay today. And they, somebody who you weren't planning on giving you a curveball that day can just present you with a whole bunch of resistance. And one of the things I've learned about this, that it sounds so, so simple in, in saying it, but in actual real life, it's much harder to apply is, is the understanding that like resistance is part of the process. Like the idea that you're going to feel all gung ho and uppity forever. Um, like, you know, say you're starting a new exercise routine, you're probably going to be really excited on day one, but after 10 days where every muscle in your body hurts and you've been eating, you know, broccoli shakes for 10 days in a row and you, and you, and you don't want to see any more broccoli, it's probably going to be really, really hard. And one of the things that I think that, that can really help somebody is, is just knowing that whenever you set your mind to do something new, that that's going to happen and, and plan for it and plan to, to have like a, a almost a, like a commitment to, to push through the, um, the resistance. So for me, like today, like, you know, and, and not saying that I have all the resistance figured out, but I woke up and I decided, you know, I was going to solicit for some reviews today. I was going to send some copies of the book off as well as do this amazing thing with you. And to be honest, there's a part of me that would have just rather stayed in bed all day long and not gotten out of it. But because, you know, wanting to make a difference in, in really somebody's life and, and add something to the world, you push through it anyway and you go, Oh, you know, today's the resistance. So I think there's a real magic in just knowing that resistance is going to come. And that it, it's really only, I think in many ways when the resistance hits that the, the real battle and the real journey begins, because 
anybody can do something in those five minutes of motivation or inspiration, but when you're in the trenches is, is where really the, the kind of the rubber meets the road. And I'm sure you've experienced that as well. I think the question for me is this, I mean, we all know that resistance is going to happen because the, the initial impetus to do something is always a high energy state. And in that high energy state, we cannot see the roadblocks. We cannot see the, the potential pitfalls. Well, we might see it, but they don't look so big. It's only when you actually start facing the wall that you suddenly realize, shit, that was actually quite a large wall after all. Uh, you know, and it's like those sort of issues that come up. But the question is, is when do you push through and when do you actually stop and stand back and maybe, OK, let's find a way around or find, you know, it's like because I think I, I've pushed through in things in the past and it hasn't helped me. I know I've pushed through and it's not it's actually been detrimental to push through. It's just made me feel worse. Whereas sometimes when I step back and go, OK, let's have a bit of a pause and a rest here a little bit and then maybe think of some options rather than try pushing through or look at getting some help or finding a solution that doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to grind this. So, you know, you're, you're, I mean, obviously in this morning, you didn't have an option for, for anything else other than to do the day. But I guess if you had staff or, a, or, an, or an assistant, you could have offloaded some things. As an, as an example. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you raise a really, really interesting point. You know, maybe the, I think I would like to refine the language a little bit because pushing through to me is, is I guess, conjures for most people the image of like you described of like, I'm just going to grind it out, do it anyway. And there are certainly are times for that. But almost, I would say, more often than not, it's, it's what you described of taking a step back and looking at it a new way. When I say pushing through, I don't necessarily mean like forcing yourself to overcome in the moment when you know you're just not in a space to, to deal with it. Rather, I mean like not using it as an excuse to give up. So, so, you know, say somebody decided to start a new exercise routine and they're now at day 10 or two weeks. And I find like if you've ever done that, you know, like literally you're sore everywhere. And like the idea of working out just sounds like the most terrible, awful thing in the world, especially if you like wake up early to do it. It's like in every way, it doesn't sound like uh, something fun to do. And part of it, I think, is is not necessarily like, okay, I'm going to get up at 4.30 and I'm going to eat and drink my broccoli shake and do it anyway. But, it, but it's not using it as a reason to give up. It's saying like, okay, if I need to take a day of rest just to, to, to get back on track, it's no problem because I can begin again tomorrow, right? Like I, I'm not a failure if I don't do it today. And I think too often in life, People, as soon as they hit the resistance, um, immediately it's an excuse to give up. So more than anything, when I say uh, pushing through, I mean not using it as a reason to stop. Like, you know, almost if I had any advice for somebody dealing with that, it would be to stop stopping, even though momentarily a pause is probably very welcomed. It's in the big picture, you don't want to stop. And so I think uh, you're very spot on that in most life scenarios, like a pause is better than just hard work for hard work's sake. Because I'm sure everybody knows somebody who kind of is like running a race metaphorically, but really, really hard, but in the wrong direction. And then you're like, you know, you're not really serving yourself by just going full effort. You know, I know, I know they teach a lot of that, especially in a lot of entrepreneurial. Like if anybody listens to like Gary Vee, he's like, you know, hustle, 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 but you got to hustle in the right direction. And a big part of that, like you said, is taking space to kind of calibrate what it is you're going to do. So I fully agree with you. It's, it's not about like forcefully pushing through. It's just not giving up in the face of, of 
that first sign of like a heavy resistance? I mean, I've had resistance around this event. I, mean, I originally planned to do this event. Well, it's interesting. I originally planned to do this event as a one-day event. That was my original plan for this. And um, I suddenly had a resistance around it. And sometimes the resistance is valuable because I realized what I was trying to do in one day, although it was possible, it would have had some other knock-on effects that would have made it probably not so successful. And as it turned out, the day that I had selected to do this event turned out to be the hottest day of the year in the UK. No one would have turned up. (laughs) It happened. Like My resistance came in, and it was almost like intuition in a way, like maybe it's not a good plan. So, yeah, that was the first thing. And then on my other plan was to be doing it this week in July. Uh, and I was getting, there was, I was having a lot of head stuff going on. So I did actually pull back and go, look, this is not working for me. I don't know what to do about it, but I will push it out. I'll push the date out. So I have put, I pushed the date out again by a month, which has allowed me to take stock. And I think bring together a bigger group of people who I think bringing more value to it. So a lot of things by not pushing through, I have actually, I think, produced a better project. The difficulty is, is when you allow that thing to go, I'm not doing it, I'll do something completely different. And I've been there where I've done projects and I've dumped them. I've literally got to the stage where I've hit resistance and I just dropped them. Writing a book is a good example. A lot of people start writing a book and never complete it. Now, you've done that. What was the secret? Ta-da! Good segue. (laughs) Wasn't that a bloody brilliant segue? Were you impressed? (laughs) Uh, that is a loaded question. Um, <laughs> to be honest, I, I think a, a thing that really stops most people is the idea that it, it must be perfection before you begin. And so they're not okay with things being imperfect. So I've heard like from a lot of other writers, they'll start writing and they'll go, oh, what you're saying is stupid. Nobody will ever want to read your book. You're an idiot. We all have those thoughts. Like when you write a book, you're like, you know, who the hell are you to be writing a book? Um For me, like looking at it, I guess one of the things that kind of helped me push through it was really kind of knowing that, like you said, that that I would have those resistance. And for me, like the the easiest way I found that out was just to ask other authors who finished a book, like, hey, did you ever doubt yourself? Did you ever like just stare at a blank screen and not know what to write next? And they were like only like 270 times. And then you're like well, what did you do? And they go, the same thing every time. I just started writing. If it was actually stupid what I wrote, I just deleted it. But I got in the habit of just, you know, moving forward and putting my best ideas to paper. And for me, you know, it was a really unique situation because uh, I wanted to, to create something that, like, anybody who was in my shoes 10 years ago could have. Because, you know, we were talking about it before. And this, Paul, like, uh, in my specific niche, people who, like, run – a digital marketing agency, which I've done as my kind of business model for, for many years. And we've talked about like, you know, the, the whole spirituality of it as well. And another podcast, you end up getting in a situation where the resistance presents itself in a really interesting way, because as you get more clients, you make more money, but you have way less time and you're way more stressed out and there's way more meetings and people expect way more miracles for you. And so you end up getting these cycles where you make a lot of money and then you put yourself in this prison. And then you kind of like, at least I did, 
And then you like almost want to burn the thing to the ground after you built it. And then you end up broke again and then you build it and then you break it. And then, and so you end up going through this resistance like a hundred thousand times. And I remember thinking there must be a, a better way. And so a big part of like writing that and getting through it was, um, to help people kind of find their own flow. And I think that the, the, this is something we touched on last time, which is if you have a big enough why in the beginning, like if you're really clear on the why and, and who you're going to make a difference for, uh, it gets easier to, to not give up. Because, you know, like there's part of me that was just thinking like, you know, even if only one person ever reads this book, I'm happy to have changed that one person's life for the better. So I'm going to do it anyway, even if I wake up and, and feel like crap and need an extra three days or a month or, or six months, but I've decided I'm going to finish it. And I think, you know, what stops more people than anything is not um, those thoughts per se is, is they don't have enough, a big enough why to kind of persist in the face of them. And so, you know, the, the thought of giving up is really just strong and powerful and, um, especially if you're going to do something that, you know, is, is really like going to be meaningful to you, the, the resistance is going to be bigger every single time it's meaningful to you. And I, I always kind of say it like this, if, if you go into the kitchen and take a fork out of the cupboard, there'll be no resistance, right? It's, it, it's, it's only on the things that are really meaningful that you're going to do in your life where you're going to experience the resistance. So an, another thing that I, I've learned from doing this is it, in many ways, it's a guidepost to let you know that what you're doing really matters. And that you should be doing what you're doing because easy things like getting a fork or checking the mail or putting on pants, there's no resistance. Nobody wakes up and goes, oh, my God, I don't think I can put on pants today. Well, maybe a few of us. Um, but, you know, when you do something meaningful, exactly like you experience, you know, um, trying to force an event one day and, and really forcing yourself to do something meaningful, um, I'm sure you got it probably in a hundred different ways on all kinds of little things. What's going to, what am I going to say on the website? Which speakers am I going to get? What are we going to talk about? How do we deal with the recording software? There's the, all of those are examples of like the resistance showing up in real life. And, uh, you know, the, the key to, to, I think to, to finishing those things is having a big enough why to start them in the first place. Yeah, we covered why a couple of days ago, and, and, and it is a very valid point you make. It's that because the why is the thing that drives you beyond the resistance. It's the thing, as you say, it's the, <laughs> it's the thing that, no, you, well, in terms of, we, we open this conversation around parenthood. You know, it's that you know that the, the sleepless nights are going to stop with your children, and at some point there's going to be other <laughs> things so you know that although you're dealing with the sleepless nights now, you're not going to deal with them forever and you're not going to give the children away because you've got sleepless nights. So, you know, yeah. so there's a, an, another metaphor in a way. It's like when we have resistance to something, if the, if the potential outcome beyond the resistance is big enough and you're invested in it enough, then the resistance is worth conquering. Yeah. You know, and actually to, to add to that, one of the things that uh, really helped um, was a friend of mine, uh, the person I mentioned, who's almost a billionaire. He had a really awesome question. And a lot of times overcoming the resistance isn't about changing anything external. It's, it's often just about changing how we relate to that thing. And, and I think that's what you get when you describe that kind of like taking space from it is you get a chance to, to not make it so stressful in your mind, not to, to, to have all this sense of urgency because you really want to get it done to really think about what am I doing here? Why, who do I want to get? What's the bigger picture and how it, how it kind of fits in. 
And one of the questions he told me that he likes to ask himself over and over is if, if nothing external could change about this situation, what would have to change within me to feel better about it? And resistance is, is usually like, you know, it's an emotional sign that lets you know that um, something about how you're looking at it is off. And I think that's a really, really powerful question to just stop and reframe the situation. And it's one of those deep kind of questions that, at least in my experience, you very rarely just get like an instantaneous answer. It's, it's one of those things you got to go for a walk, think about for a minute, and, uh, um, you know, have a, a pause, drink a tea, go for a nap, you know, eat a meal or something. But usually if, if you sit on the, the question long enough, it'll produce a good answer to that kind of question. And what you'll find is um, Wayne Dyer has a really awesome quote that says, um, when you look at things differently, the things you look at become different. Something to that effect anyway. I'm probably butchering it well, but um, implying that when you change your perception of, of those events, then those events, you know, the difficulties and the resistance themselves tend to at the very least lessen. And I experienced this uh, just yesterday. There were some things I, I, I felt like I really had to do in a very short time window to do them. And I felt all this immense pressure. And so I, I was doing working on the computer. And as soon as I got there, I remember just feeling like this immense amount of stress, like looking at the clocker and like it's go time. And then I thought about it for a second and I asked myself that question. And it was one of the few times I got a pretty quick answer, but it was in the form of like, well, there's no reason to be stressed out. Like you don't help yourself get it done any faster by being stressed out. So why don't we just take a deep breath and you just do your best and do it as well as you can. And if, <clears throat> if you meet the time you don't, and if, if you, if you aren't able to meet that deadline, then you, you'll deal with the consequences, but you can only do your best anyway. So we might as well have fun along the way and not take it so seriously and not take myself so seriously. And I found that, that sometimes just little things like that can totally reframe like a giant kind of resistance that you're facing in, in life just to, to look at it differently. Mm, yeah, I think you're probably right, actually. I noticed um, one of my things over the last couple of weeks, well, in fact, the last week it was, um, you know, Normally, I wouldn't touch my tax situation and my tax records until the end of the year. I wouldn't touch them until very close to the deadline. Uh, and I think most people, a lot of people are the same, people who work on their own. And so, but my son is off to university this year and we need to kind of sort out some tax records for it. As it happens, we were made a mistake. I didn't need these records as it had. I discovered later I needed the previous years. But of course, it got me into the action of doing it. So one one other weekend, I was kind of really resisting sorting this paperwork out. But I had a marvellous time. I put loud music on in the office. I was sorting out all this paperwork and getting everything into kind of some sort of level. And, you know, the joke of it is my son came and complained that my music was too loud, which I thought was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> but I was singing at the top of my voice, sorting out all these bits of paper. And I had a really lovely day. And it was interesting, in previous years... I've been up against a deadline on that tax thing and, you know, it's been a resistance and da, da, da. And this year I did it singing. So, you know, <laughs> because and now why was it? Because I was doing it because my son needed this thing because he's going to college. I did it for him in a way. Yeah. Uh, and as it happened, he didn't need it, but you know, I needed something else. But what is fascinating is how easy that flowed with me singing and my son complaining about my music, which I did think funny. <laughs> well, I think you got to sing for us all now. We got to. <laughs> no, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> but so, I mean, I guess 
if we could boil it down into a few points you know, as to sort of, sort of wind this up, you know, this is going to be nice and short, this conversation for people, really. But I mean, it, you know, short is good if it, if it serves the purpose. So what would you say to someone? Well, they've got an idea or a project or they're facing issues. It could be, you know, their business needs to change. It could be their job is changing and they don't like the look of it. They're facing resistance. They've got to make some decisions. How do they start? What would you say was the first thing to do? You know, I'm reminded of a, a book. I don't know if uh, you've ever read it. It's, it's called Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. And uh, he's, he's an owner of uh, several world records. And one of those things that he tells a story when he's in the book of running a race that's uh, 130 miles, which is maybe like 200 kilometers. Um, and he said somewhere around the 80 kilometer mark, he got shin splints and his, his bones actually broke and like fractured. And he ran the remaining 120 kilometers on like basically like not working legs. And he said, uh, which was really, really interesting that at that point, it, it's, it's not a physical feat, like straight line sprinting. Like when someone runs a hundred meters you know, the fastest person is going to win. But when you're running for 200 kilometers for like days on end, it would, what must feel like that anyway, it is much, much more like a mental pursuit. And it's a testament to, to being able to like kind of master your own mind. And uh, one of the things that he said that he did is, is whenever he would get that initial bolt of excitement that he would want to rush off and do something, is that he would stop for a moment and think about like, what are going to be the obstacles along the way that I'm likely to face. And he knew from his experience in running that, you know, I don't know the exact markers, but like at 30 kilometers, you kind of hit like an energetic wall. At like 80, there's another one. At like 150, you think you're going to die with every single step. And he's like, so I got to, to, to stop and think about what, what am I going to do with those challenges before they come up? Rather than just like running in with excitement and then getting beat down by those challenges, he thought – deal with them first mentally in that state of excitement and you'll have like a, a lot better way to kind of uh, approach it. And it's really, really interesting because uh, I was reading about Nikola Tesla and how he invented things. And he used to say that he would first Im imagine like some kind of invention in his mind, you know, and he basically is the, we're only able to have this conversation because of his advancements with electricity. And he would say before he would then go run out and build it, he would run it in his mind a few times and think about like, how can I remove pieces? How can I simplify this? How can I make this easier before I just run out the door and build it? And I think using that excitement is certainly something we should all do. But before you do it, like, you know, for example, I gave the example, if you're going to do a new exercise routine, I know it's really exciting to start a new exercise routine, but I think it's worthwhile to think about what am I going to do on the day 10 when I hurt everywhere and I don't want to get out of bed and I'm tired of, eating broccoli, like, how am I going to deal with that? Am I going to take a day of rest? Am I going to work through it? But not allowing those points that I think most people just give up at the first sign of resistance, which is really sad because all the best things are on the other side of it. And so having like kind of like a, a clear cut plan for, and you can't like predict everything, but there's certainly challenges along the way that you just know are going to happen. Like you, like you mentioned writing a book, you know, you're going to think your ideas are stupid. You know, you're going to stare at a blank page. You know, you're not going to know what to write that day. You know, you're going to have problems formatting, you know, 
you know, you're going to have technical problems. So like, what are you going to do in those situations? And I think the more you can like really think clearly about what's going to go wrong, like realistically, not as a pessimist who's just like worried about, Oh, I should never begin, but like real challenges you'll face. The more you'll be uh, less surprised by life when those things hit and the more you'll be able to just kind of meet them with your calm, confident, centered self and you certainly can't know it's everything that's going to happen in the big picture in life but but when you make decisions on like little projects such as a book you do know like at least somewhat from all the thousands of authors that came before you like what are the things you're likely to face and so you can you can at least develop a plan for how to deal with those lowest of low moments because if you can make it through those you can make it through just about anything and there's really nothing that can stop you and the reality is in this world, there is nothing new, really. There is nothing yeah. new. Everybody has experienced some. Someone has experienced what you're going through somewhere. Exactly. And yeah, somebody's walked that path. You might as you know, well. And, look. All right. Most people watching this are, are, are going to be in the first world and, and relatively safe and sound. And so there's nothing really that we are struggling with that someone hasn't. And yes, I know times could be difficult at the moment or, and we are, we are in unusual times, but we're always in unusual times. It's always unusual, really, for someone. It's just that yeah, we're, we're, we're sharing it at this time, but that's, that is unusual, I guess. Yeah, and, and life has the ability to throw things like death and disease and divorce and depression and all those things at you, so... Um, I think everybody's got to deal with their own challenges in their own mm. way. But the, the more you can like kind of just choose to overcome those, the, I think the easier it'll be for anybody listening. What I can say is that every single podcast I have ever, podcast guest I have ever interviewed always came up against a challenge of some sorts yeah. and they always grew out of it. They always went beyond and above they, something always shifted and and sometimes they failed on challenges but there was always another challenge afterwards whatever happened whatever the challenge is there will always be another challenge so if you if you know if you know if you if you, if you refuse at this fence there will be another fence to jump and that's yeah and i think you're you're actually making this event is a perfect example of that because you were trying to force everything into one day and then you got the idea to do something even better so <laughs> Um, life works like that. Sometimes, sometimes what seems like an obstacle is actually really a blessing because you're going to end up with something that's more meaningful to the people listening and makes a bigger yeah. impact. And that wouldn't have happened had you not just said, all right, I'm just taking a month off and not doing this thing. Right. Yeah, absolutely. That's it. That's it. So thank you so much for your time. I don't think there's anything else we can add to this conversation. We, we, we've clearly kind of explored it really. And it is, you know, resistance is going to happen and we just need to deal with it, be it mindset or be it resources or be it anything, but there will always be a solution to resistance. So thank you very much for your input on this. It's been a, a joy and a pleasure to talk to you as always. Um, Likewise. Thank you. We'll be in touch. I'm sure we'll talk again. <laughs> and that was Life, Passion and Business with Paul Harvey and my guest, Frankie Finn, with a recording from Reasons and Results. If you want to find out more about that event, do check out the website lifepassionandbusiness.com where access to that event is still possible. I'm very happy to give five people 
30 days free access to that event. If you go to the website, enter the contact page, send me a message with free access in the subject line. And if you win the first five, you'll get a ticket. So if you'd like to catch up with Frankie Finn, you can find him on LinkedIn or at his website, beyondagencyprofits.com. As always, all those links will be available at the website, lifepassionandbusiness.com. Check out the resources tab for the various coaching options, including the five question resources. Hopefully you have been following this podcast for a while and have explored the five questions for yourself. But if not, what's stopping you? You know, after hundreds of interviews, I can say with a hand on my heart that having answers to the questions about our passion, a picture of success, an awareness of contribution, thoughts around the one question and a sense of what it all means, that is the path to a good life. Now look, you don't need me to tell you that our world is changing faster than at any other time, certainly any time that I can remember. And we must be sure to know who we are and what we want out of this journey because we will not get it unless we choose it. So please give it some thought because you know your future depends on it. And if you'd like some help with that process, do check out the resources tab at lifepassionandbusiness.com where you will find the five questions ebook and worksheets. Now this stuff is packed with exercises to help you on the journey towards self-discovery. And it's at the amazing price of just $12.99. So do check that out at the resources tab at lifepassionandbusiness.com. Now, finally, has this podcast been useful to you? If so, please consider giving us a five-star review on the app of your choosing. And of course, sharing it with a friend, because that's how people like yourself find good podcasts. And that's it from me until Sunday. As always, thank you so much for being here with me on this journey. I so appreciate your time and attention. I'll catch you next time. All the best. <laughs>